Welcome everyone to another edition of uh, Simplifying the Swords. I'd like to share one uh, short idea uh, as we go into Shabbat with regard to this week's parasha. I find a couple of things that really are striking. One is that uh, one is that at the beginning of the parasha we see that Yaakov goes to sleep and he dreams about angels. Now let's think about where Yaakov was until he got to this point. Yaakov grew up first as a young child. He grew up with Abraham teaching him till he was 13 or 15 different opinions. And then for the next 60 years or so, he studied under his father. Then we have the incident with the blessings and his parents suggest that he goes to Haran to find a wife. And the rabbis tell us that he stopped for 14 years to study in the yeshiva. So at this point, we have Yaakov more or less 76 years old. And he has spent his entire life, Yoshev Ohalim, sitting in the tent, studying in the Torah, meditating on the Torah from the greatest teachers that one could imagine. And what happens is he has a dream, and in his dream he sees angels. Now, fast forward 20 years, he's living in Laban's house. We see in his conversation with Laban that for 20 years he never stopped working. He didn't sleep. He was watching the sheep working, 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 working. Yet after the 20 years, we see that angels are again in the picture at the end of this week's portion. And we'll see again at the beginning of next week's portion. And we go so far to say that now he meets the angels, angels mamash. Not just in a dream, but real angels. And next week, not only does he have have a conversation he's actually able to send the angels he sends the angels to his brother so what's hard to understand is we dedicate ourselves study for years and years and years with the best teachers and then we only merit to see them in a dream and then 20 years go by and 20 years where i'm sure we're studying but we're dedicated to work we know that's our primary responsibility we have wives, we have children, we have the headaches of wives and children and family and money and pressure and father-in-laws and everything else that, that real life gives us. But at the end of that period, he merits to see real angels. The next thing I want to look at is the idea of Yaakov being this balance. We say that Abraham represents Chesed, which is the right side. Yitzchak represents Gvuda. Gvuda is... Uh, we're going to call it self-control, restriction versus a chesed of kindness. And the center, the balance, is going to be Yaakov. He's going to synthesize the both, and he's Tif Eret. And Tif Eret, we translate as beauty. And I think one of the reasons we look at Yaakov is because Yaakov forms this perfect balance. But what does that mean, he forms a perfect balance? And forming a perfect balance is beautiful. As we begin the parasha, Yaakov Avinu, as we said, he's 76, 77 years old. And he's been studying his whole life. He's never had to work. He had a very wealthy grandfather, a very, very wealthy father. And money was never an issue. He goes up to Haran. No doubt he took money with him. And what happens is on the way he's met by his nephew. And you could review that whole class, which is the earlier class we gave this week. 
on Eliphaz and Eliphaz taking his money and leaving him penniless. So now we have someone who was raised in the lap of luxury and he's suddenly penniless, penniless to the point where he has literally not even the shirt on his back and he's lucky that he finds a dead uh, police officer and he takes his clothing. And how difficult must it have been to go from this life of having everything to a life of having nothing? And now, not only that, he comes to Haran. And in Haran, he's going to end up working for his uncle in exchange for for the marriage to Rachel, which if we look in the period, we see that that was somewhat normal, that uh, a man paid a certain amount uh, in order to, uh, to take a wife for a bride. And what happens is, instead of being given Rachel, he's given Le'ah, he's forced to work another seven years, and then he continues and he works another six more years. And that's towards the and and during those latter years, the uh, the thirteen years, the seven second set of seven plus the six, eleven of the shevatim are born. And we see from his description in 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 his conversation to his father-in-law to his uncle, that life was not easy. Life was not easy. He couldn't sleep. He was watching sheep. He was always taking care of them and he goes on and to describe in detail how difficult life was now remember also he ran away because his brother was going to kill him and now he's coming back and we see his brother is still wanting to kill him so we see this life of balance is not so easy it's a tremendous tremendous struggle and i think one of the lessons of the life of Yaakov Avinu is that's the reality of life and that's the test. The test is to take the realities, the struggles, the going from the test of poverty to the test of wealth, the going, the, the, the marriage, the relationship with spouse, the relationship with children. All of these things are not easy. It's not easy to earn a living. None of it is easy. You know, it's interesting. The two things that the rabbis say are as difficult as splitting the sea are, are, are bringing a couple together and earning a living. And we see that these are the things that Yaakov Avinu has to go through. And what happens is struggling and going through all of these things, it's only then he perfects himself to a higher level where instead of seeing the angels in a dream... He sees the angels, mamash, and he's able to command the angels. It's really a lesson to each and every one of us. It's not the goal in life to sit on a mountain and learn and not worry about anything else except what's in the book. The reality of life and what this parasha, I believe, is showing us is that it's the ability to synthesize or balance the difficulties in life with being a good person. It's not just studying. We say to study and to teach. But more important to watch and to do and to fulfill. 
It's to be able to take what we learn and incorporate it into our life and still bring balance to our life even though we go through all of these struggles, all of these challenges. Those challenges that we go through, it's evident are the things that really make us grow. It's being able to deal with a problem and coming up with the solution or walking towards the solution and still keeping things in balance. I think this this idea is that we live in this world of Olam Hazeh. And Olam Hazeh is not just, you know, the, the, the discussion between Yaakov and Esav was, you know, I'll take Olam Haba, you take Olam Hazeh. But we see that in the end, he's, he's blessed with tremendous, tremendous wealth. But there's also a test to wealth. So Olam Hazeh is filled with struggles. Those are the tests. And how we deal with those tests are how we're going to grow. Every test that we take and we pass and we succeed brings another test to bring us to a higher and a higher level. And got Yaakov going through the day, each day, bringing itself a test. You know, when do you get to the point where I can't take my boss anymore? How, how many times should Yaakov have said that? Yaakov was cheated. How should he have felt after the, the wedding to Leah, after he tried everything he could to prevent it and still? But he just goes on and he goes on and he goes on. And he realizes there's a process to our personal growth. And Hashem puts us in situations to allow us to grow. And growth doesn't only come through locking myself away and ignoring the world. We talk sometimes about the person who locked himself in the yeshiva, never got married, never had children, never had a job, lived off the kola, and then after 120 went to heaven. And he has all his Torah with him. But... The beauty of Torah is that the Torah has to be used to allow us to go through the tests and succeed. All the challenges of life are that which give us strength to go forward. And I think the lesson of Yaakov is that, to remind us as our father, that life is going to be filled with struggles. But those struggles are not detrimental to us. Hashem is putting those in our path in order for us to be able to overcome them and to grow from them and to be even greater. Because each test we, 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 we pass brings another test which brings us higher and higher. And we see that Yaakov goes from learning in the tent and only seeing angels in dreams to going out into the real world and taking his Torah and living it. And I think that that's part of the beauty of Tiferet. That's the beauty of balance. That's the beauty of symmetry. That's the beauty of the symphony of Hashem's world. The symphony of Hashem's world is not just a picture, but it's living within the world, doing what we have to do, overcoming the challenges we're given, and growing to the point where we could be and and our name becomes higher as a success. We'll see next week that Yaakov goes from Yaakov to Yisrael. And these levels of Yaakov are the levels related to all of us. Each of us has an opportunity, like Yaakov, to be tested and to succeed. 
And Bezrat Hashem will take the lessons in the life of Yaakov, incorporate them into our own lives. No matter what's pushed against us, we have to know part of the process of growth is going through them. Hashem is there with us. He's holding our hands. It's almost like the angels that come in the end are to show Yaakov, Hashem is with you. Hashem is with you, always taking care of you. We should always remember that. We have the angel who's in front of us, the angel who's behind us, the angel who's protecting us. And no matter the challenges in life, we have to hold on to Hashem's hand and He will take us through. Shabbat Shalom, everybody.